The concept for EPAR trade is basically, in my opinion, there's a big hole in the internet. So the internet started many years ago, but there's never been an online business community for racers on the World Wide Web. The need for EPAR trade is actually quite obvious. Basically, people in the business of auto racing need a place online to hang out and get their problems solved. It's extremely simple for a buyer or for a supplier to interact on the platform. The first thing you need to do is sign in, which is free. And the second thing is when you see a product that you're interested in, all you need to do is click on request more information. If it's a company, you click on request more information. And then from there, it is forwarded directly to the buyer or to the supplier. You can go to epartrade.com, you become part of a community of businesses in racing and it makes uh, sourcing products much easier than just on the internet or using Google. At epartrade there is no e-commerce, it's literally a connection just like at a trade show. So now, any time of the year, a buyer could reach out to a supplier through an email. More than that, it's a place to go just to keep current every day. So it's a good place to start your workday in your racing business or in your offices of your professional race team. And you know you're current when it comes to new technology, industry news, technical papers, technical videos, all that and more. We're not looking for a million hits per day. All we want is people who are really the volume buyers of racing products in the racing industry to be part of the little world of EPAR trade. We have racing businesses participating from around the world. So you get suppliers from around the world, you get buyers from around the world. EPAR trade really eliminates having to travel, closing down your shop. Now you have a place to showcase globally your racing product and technology. Good morning from California and uh, welcome to Race Industry Now, the technical and business webinar series from EPAR Trade presented to you by ARP and Performance Plus Global Logistics. I am Francisque Savignan, the founder and CEO of EPAR Trade, the global platform for the performance and racing industry. This is episode 231 and we are going to be talking motorcycle fuel and lubricant for racing application. And with me this morning are Judy King, the co-founder of ePartred, who is back from a business trip, and our terrific host, Mr. Jeff Hammond. But before I, I go into Judy, I'd like to mention that she was featured in a very uh, you know, prominent uh, podcast in the industry called Car Year, and uh, she was uh, uh, featured this weekend and uh, we published that uh, podcast on the newsletter today. So Judy, how are you doing today? Thanks, Francis. Good. And I'm happy to be back because last week I missed one tech webinar, but it was for a good reason. Back in Novi, Michigan, along with Jeff Hammond here for GVSET, which is Ground Vehicle Systems Engineering and Technology. We want those military buyers using this platform. So we helped uh, put together a motorsports panel and Jeff was included on it. Good to be back. So on to you, Jeff. Uh, same here. I mean, it was a really exciting experience. Uh, I think that we uh, made some new friends and hopefully opened a few eyes and uh, made them understand that the racing industry uh, can contribute to the, the well-being of uh, our military and a lot of other companies associated with it. So it was a real pleasurable trip. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, to get an opportunity to go to some places that uh, 
the opportunity to, to do or I talked to and uh, like Clemson University and also with uh, Jim McManus he asked me to maybe come back up to Michigan sometime in the near future and sit down with some more um, military uh, heads such as some generals I think that could be kind of exciting so it's all because of the relationship number one that I happen to have with a part trait that this opportunity provided itself and I really appreciate that as Ace and Judy for uh, helping to include me. Well, it's always our pleasure to include you. They were thrilled to have you, actually. And I think Mr. Uh, Jess Hewitt is with us this morning. Good morning, Jess. Bonjour, je suis tout le monde. Okay, so we'll let you guys take over. Thank you, Francisco. I, I, I will take over, Francisco, as long as I don't have to carry on what you guys have just started, okay? <laughs> Otherwise, I'm gone. No, no Paula Buffonset. <laughs> Jess, it's good to see you again. How you been, sir? Very good to see you too. I've been fine. Been um, uh, waiting for our reunion here. I, I love to be on this set with you. You're such a good broadcaster and have so much good experience. So I, I love when, when you host these things for me. Well, you're very kind, sir. So for this uh, particular uh, webinar, what have you got uh, to bring in that to share, share with us today? Yeah, I want to tell you something about this. So, uh, Jeff, as you know, my whole career has been in fuel. I know a lot about fuel. I know fuel technology continues to evolve every year. And I know from my past that oil refiners contribute to the most to the advancing of these fuel technologies. I sat next to them in the meetings with the ASTM when we talked about fuel testing, fuel quality. So I know they have a commitment to making better fuels. Just think about it. When you and I first entered the racing business, we had many refiners making racing fuels. I bet you remember Unical. Oh yeah. Conoco, hottest brand going. Exxon sponsored Trans Am, Phillips 66, remember Track Tech? Mm -hmm. They're all gone. In the United States, Shell was the last refiner to exit the racing fuel market in 2014. So when I heard that this company, Elf, was looking to bring their products to the USA, I jumped at the chance to distribute them. So what I want people to learn today is what this refiner is doing as they continue their commitment to motorsports, and they have the technical capability to make they're the only sorry. they're the only refiner that is making racing fuels for the u.s and that's important as they have advanced fuel technology jeff i know you know about this in the usa sometimes we hold back technological advances jeff how long did nascar wait to introduce fuel injection when was that oh gosh just really and about the last uh four or five years. I mean, they've just really made that change. And I mean, I'll even, I'll even want to bring up the fact that how long do we stay leaded fuel before, before we fixed over to the new, switched over to the new green initiative and went, and went unlead? That's right. So sometimes we actually hold back technological advances. You know, many racing organizations here in the United States require spec fuel like you're talking about. And I'll tell you, from my knowledge of fuel and fuel formulation, those fuels are at least 20 years old, or they just added ethanol to the same old fuel. Other racing organizations where ELF competes allow each competitor to choose their fuel, which is basically a proving ground for new ideas. So why watch this video? You need to know what these guys are doing in fuel and lubricant technology, and that's keeping up with engine technology. If you have a new engine, you need a new fuel. So 
like to share my screen if you'll let me. Okay. All right, there we go. So I want to thank you, Partrade, for hosting this today. This is a great way for the industry to understand technology that's advancing our industry forward. This presentation is just for ePartrade. No one else is allowed to rebroadcast it without their permission. Now, I started Hyperfuels back in 1998 as a way to make high-performance fuels available nationwide. I really disliked the way I had to buy racing fuel, going to places, taking my own dirty, rotten containers and having them fill them up for me. So we basically invented the five-gallon fuel in a, in a bucket, and we had that stuff shipped nationwide on UPS ground and FedEx ground. So. I've designed gasoline and diesel fuels for over-the-road markets. You can see my experience here on the screen. And I've, I've loved racing. I was Houston Regional Executive for Sports Car Club of America, and I've been involved in SECA racing, Spec Racer, Formula Ford, Formula Mazda. This picture is a trip here this year at Coda with the uh, Tech 3 factory KTM team. So I'm anxious to tell you about what's going on with motorcycles. L supports variety of motor racing, MotoGP, it's like Formula One. Moto3 is the Red Bull KTM Tech T. And then Moto2, Moto E was the one I was just about to speak about. And that's the Tech 3E racing team. Again, it's a Tech 3 team. And then we're going to talk about the Superbike, the Kawasaki race team. Tech 3 KTM factory racing team uses a KTM RC 16,000 cc, 265 plus horsepower, carries about 5.8 gallons. It's 346 pounds of a rev limit of 18,500, so very high revs, which puts a lot of stress on the engine. Very nice bikes, lots of technology involved in them, especially on the suspension and hydraulic systems. Their drivers for this year, Remy Gardner, Australian, 24 years old, Jeff. Motocross Enduro, Moto3 CEB, Moto2 Champion, and he joined Tech3 in 2017. 115 starts, he's got a great winning record. Raul Fernandez, for a young man, 22 from Spain. He just joined him in 2021, but has been racing for a while. 60 starts, 16 podiums, 10 wins. Moved down the series to Moto3, we've got the KTM 250GP Red Bull, 250cc, only 50 horsepower, carries about half as much fuel, but rev limit, again, 13,500. Drivers for this series are Denise and Fernandez, both very young, 18 and 19, but have very good starts for this record. We're going to move to the KDEX Triumph. This is the Elkmark VDS racing team, 765 cc's, 140 horsepower. It's a very good bike, very fast. Again, rev limit about 14,000. Older drivers, Tony is 22, Sam is 32. Both have lots of experience with Moto3, Super Sport as well. Look at Sam, 141 starts, nine wins, 23 podiums. And Elf has been a partner for these guys for a while. So lots of technology advancement coming from these guys. On the fuel side, Elf has two fuels that I wanna point out that are pretty much catering to the moto or endurance road racing fuel market. The first one is the Moto 4S GP. Now we're gonna talk a lot about octane today and I don't want you to be concerned about the, these octanes as they may appear low 
but I can tell you these fuels have additives that pack quite a punch and have superior detonation resistance for these kinds of bikes. It's a fairly good density, 0.725, a little bit high on the pressure, 7.8. They use 2.6% oxygen by volume, and that is an ether, not an ethanol. Stoichiometric ratios, you should be familiar with those. ABSP 11 VS, higher octane, heavier fuel, more dense, more energy dense is what we call it, 0.81 on the density scale. Lower vapor pressure, so a little bit tougher to get these things started, but they are going to perform very well. Again, a slight difference in the stoichiometric ratio. The Moto 4 SGP is FIM compliant. Again, no lead in these fuels. We have these fuels in two types of containers, the 52-gallon drum and the 13-gallon keg. And once you look at those drums, those are full silk screen. That's not a sticker on there, Jeff. That's a full silk screen drum there. And these 13-gallon drums are pretty cool. You can't really see it from the picture there, but they have two handles and they're fairly easy to, to handle. These uh, one man can pick them up. Have you ever seen anything like that? No, I have not. I have not. Not, not in that kind of container. That you want to plastic, know what these, yes, but not that. So you want to know what these things weigh? Yeah, sure do. About 90 pounds. Can you believe it? That's amazing. It is amazing. Very convenient, actually. The guys are getting used to handling these things and really enjoy working with them. In terms of racing oils, there are two categories of racing oil that Elf markets for racing. And the first is the Series 3800, what we call Elf HTX 3820, which is what the KTM factory racing team uses. It's a zero W20, full synthetic for full race. It's also available in other viscosities. Now they have a different motor oil for more endurance uh, engines or any kind of say hill climb. You're not really stopping and starting. You're not slowing down too much for a turn. We pretty much have it wide open for a long period of time. And that's the mm -hmm. Elf HTX 800 series. The 840 we show here, it's a zero W40. We have these in one liter, five liter and pails. Now let's go to Kawasaki Ninja. This is a very popular bike out there. The racing version is just under 1,000 cc's to keep it legal, 210 horsepower, 17 liters of fuel, and a rev limit of 13,200. The factory drivers for this are Alex Lowe's and Jonathan Ria. You notice the change in age here, Jeff? It's a little bit older, a little bit more experienced. Look at Jonathan's 341 starts, 117 wins and 215 podiums. These guys know what they've been doing and know how to do it. And Elf has been working with them to keep them up in the front. Now for these Japanese bikes and other bikes like them, more of the street slash track bikes, we recommend the Elf Core 50 racing fuel. A little bit lower octane, 95 AKI less density, 0.72, more oxygen with ethanol, and the stoichiometric ratio is adjusted for that, 13.88. Yelp racing oils are the same ones that are recommended for the bigger bikes, the 3800 and the 800 series, but we also have a new line of JASO MA2, which is included in the line of what we call high-perf lubricants. These are the latest, latest in the line of motorcycle fluids from Total, which also makes quartz motor oil, JASO MA2 spec for four cycle engines and semi-synthetic 
street and racing versions are available. Now, I want to talk about this label. This is a new label design for Total and Elf, and the bottle is new too. And I'd like to maybe stop sharing to go back to my screen, my camera for a moment, if you wouldn't mind. Are you let, to... let me let me let me do something right quick before you get into the model, Neil. I just want to make sure before we get too far away from the KTM, I have a question here uh, that wanted to know: How is KTM getting away with you know not using their own lubricant and Motor X? You know, is this telling me that the Elf product is that much better? Oh, I don't know if I can speak for them, but I can tell you that Elf has had a, a very long history with KTM on racing, mm -hmm. and their support is quite valuable to the KTM products out there. Now, KTM has a lot of different bikes running out there, so Elf is not in all of them, but for the KTM Tech 3 racing team, it is. All right. Well, then carry on, sir. I just want to make, I got, like I say, I got a few questions. I want to make sure we don't get too far behind on some of these questions. That seemed like that was relevant as we were getting away from that photograph. All right, go ahead. Okay, here's the bottle. Now, I want to tell you a couple of things about this new packaging. It's innovative. This plastic is much stronger plastic than other bottles that are mm -hmm. out there on the shelf today. Now, because of the stronger plastic, they're able to use less plastic. There's a recyclable plastic con content in this bottle as well. But what that means is that they're using less plastic overall. So less plastic, less waste, less to recycle. And I want you to see the, the, the pull-out spout on this thing because it's very innovative. It actually allows you to reclose, and it has this funnel design, which lets you pull up and see what's going into the engine. I'll switch back to my screen if you don't mind. All right, so this is basically covering what I was telling you about there that I couldn't show you in the uh, presentation. Here's a Tech 3 e-racing team. We're very excited about this now. I gotta tell you, when I first saw electric cars racing on the streets of Long Beach back in the 90s, it wasn't mm -hmm. very exciting for me. You couldn't hear anything. You couldn't hear the cars until they went past. But this bike here is pretty exciting. 110 kilowatt motor, 147 horsepower, Rev limit 13,200. And here's the Tech 3 racing team. My goodness, what a great picture. I had to show this. This is the great bunch of people that run these racing teams. They're always busy, always having some activity out there. So real excited to meet with them when they were here at COTA. I didn't get to see the, the e-racing team, but I can't wait to see them on the track. Now, these products that we've made here with quartz and high perf are specifically designed for electric vehicles. And they primarily have two components. One is the immersion battery heat transfer fluid. If you can imagine mm -hmm. these batteries get very hot, these lithium batteries. So they need a heat transfer fluid to transfer that heat away from the batteries. That's a lot of technology that's going into these lubricants right now in these fluids. Then the transmission fluids have to be a little bit different for the motorbikes than they do the regular transmission on the uh, compression ignition or, or uh, spark plug ignition engines. So in terms of what we offer, we're offering all the Gulf Racing and Total Energy products, sports motor oil, you can see in the Ray Hall Indy 15 car, Paul Miller just became 2022 champion of the IMSA GT3. 
We offer the high perk two and four cycle oils. Ruby for heavy duty trucks and metalwork and other industries. So before we move on and explain about more about hyperfuels, do you have any questions for me? No, it just seems like, you know, the, the, the technology keeps coming out of ELF as far as, you know, the future uh, of motorsports as a whole, whether it be, you know, uh, with the fuel and normally uh, compression type style engines or the new electric deal. I mean, that's very impressive to see how advanced they are about, especially with the heat issue, being able to be assisting in that heat displacement. Because, you know, you talk to a lot of people that are working with, um, EV uh, products now, and each each thing like each day, you know, you learn something new, and it's all re relevant to the batteries. That's exactly right. The batteries are what is making the power. These motors that they use, I've got to tell you, the torque in these electric motors is pretty serious torque. It's hard for us to gain that kind of torque level from the same type of horsepower that they have with these electric motors. So it's very good technology. Again, it's a little bit different watching the racing version of these things, but certainly as a way of getting down the street quickly, these motors do go fast. Okay, before we go in any further, let's let's get caught up on a couple of questions here that okay. we haven't addressed. And um, let me start right here. One of them is coming from uh, Todd Brown, and he wanted to know, what's your suggestion for supercars? You know, 250cc, 104 horsepower inline twins, and, uh, you know, 15 and a half to one compression, and different things, you know, and carburetors. So, you know, any suggestions there as far as, uh, the direction that Elf, you know, fuel and who carries Elf fuel in the Southeast? Okay, well, we've just been bringing the, the fuels to the United States. So we're actually on EPAR trade for that simple reason of finding more dealers out there. So we only have a handful of dealers at this time, and they're mostly having to do with some of the European uh, makes, that is, uh, European motorbikes and European motor cars, which includes the UK cars. So uh, in terms of a, of a fuel, you know, I'd like to probably get their specifications and take a look at what's in the ELF lineup to see which might work for them. You know, like we've been talking about, sometimes we get kind of hooked on these octane kicks, but in my own testing, I've seen that, you know, one of these 101 octanes can, can actually beat a 110 leaded product when I put them on the dyno side by side under similar conditions. And, you know, the big thing with racing is we can never control the external conditions. We can never control the, the latent heat, what the heat is, the atmospheric heat, the, the humidity, the, the pressure, the air pressure, all those things go into changing these things. So we have to be able to look at what will work in all conditions. And we have one question as a little bit of a clarification deal. Jan uh, Labia, uh, he was not sure if he understood why why you would say the 4SGP density was high while it is at the lowest limit on the FIM regulations. Did he misunderstand you? No, I, I was really comparing it to other racing fuels. We've seen some some, okay. some different densities out there and you know from a from a a fuel guide's view, energy density or energy mass is really important. So we want to have as dense a fuel as we can can have. Um, 
Now, there are some situations where you want to have a less dense fuel, such as if you need mm -hmm. to have high vapor pressure. So that's going to affect the density. But he's right. I mean, that, that's, that's not as high as it can be. It's not as low as it could be. All right. Thank you for that clarification. All right. We're caught up on questions, so let's move on. So like you were talking about, I mean, we're looking for new dealers and distributors here in the United States. Uh, it's really easy to set up a, an account with us. I want to send a shout out to Rocco, who just got promoted from fulfillment to dealer sales. So he's excited about his new position there at Hyperfuels and we're going to get some accounts set up. So uh, our big claim to fame is really shipping. When we started in 1998, we basically made this five-gallon pail work for us to transport fuel. I've been using UPS and FedEx to ship fuel samples around the country before. So I knew that I could do it. And so we created a whole business around shipping fuel to people wherever they were in the United States. So now we offer even more options. We're now even doing LTL, which is you know pallet load. We can do a full trucker container. We're even shipping fuel to other countries. So there's something here for everybody. Now, how do you get in touch with us? I want you to use ePARTrade. We're on ePARTrade, and all you have to do is find us on either ELF or Hyperfuels, and there'll be a button that says Ask Hyperfuel Directly. Just click on that button, enter your question or your interest, and we'll be glad to work with you on getting you set up as a dealer or distributor. Well, Jeff, it's amazing that we've come to the end of another session here, and I don't know if you have any more questions, but I really want to thank you for allowing me the platform here today to talk about these new fuels from a refiner. We need more refiners in the racing business. We're losing them like crazy. So having this one coming to the United States is, is a very good thing for us. Well, we always appreciate it because you always have, you know, new and updated uh, improvements through hyperfuels. And the, I guess one of the other questions, the majority of the fuel does come from France, right? Yes, so the fuels all come from France and are packaged in France and come here in the packages. Okay, um, I think this is going to be relevant to what you're talking about. Uh, is it a fact that uh, refined petroleum fuels absorb and desorb atmospheric air? And how do you deal with that, you know, dissolved and entrained air that builds up in the fuels as it moves around. How do you improve the air release properties of the fuel itself? And does it get dissolved and the strained air, I guess, out of, out of the fuel? Okay, I don't know about any dissolved air. I'm not familiar with that term. When we look at fuel, we look at what we call the inerts and oxygen. So we look for nitrogen, we look for oxygen. So the mm -hmm. oxygen is normally carried with either these alcohols like ether, esters, and uh, for example, ethanol. I use a new kind of uh, alcohol in my over-the-road fuels called isobutanol. It's a heavier alcohol, has oxygen in it, but it's more dense than ethanol, and it doesn't have what we call that hygroscopic nature, that ability for ethanol to pull moisture into an unsealed fuel system and destroy itself. So isobutanol is an uh, alcohol that I prefer now for open fuel systems, gives me more power and I have no problem with moisture absorption. Well, if they, uh, our viewers felt like it, that you just gave them a good, a good answer. 
because it always fascinates me understanding the I, I look at it almost like the type of fuel that you represent is so pure in its present state. You know, how do you, you know, keep from losing that those those valuable properties, especially in shipment and worrying about, you know, being open aired, especially once you get where you're going. I know when you unseal it, uh, I, I look at this type of fuel a lot like I do a, uh, I guess you might say a container of pop. You know, when you pop it, you know, it's got that fizz, it's got that, you know, you smell everything about it. And every time you open it, it seems like it's not quite as much pop in there. It's not as much sizz, so it doesn't taste as good. So I just wonder, you know, if that's a good analogy when we're talking about these types of fuels, you know, when you get fuel and it's fresh, I mean, you know, you get all the bang for the buck because it just, you know, it's just basically coming out being made. Is that is that a wrong way to look at it? Well, I was thinking about another instance. So if you allow me to kind of go off off offline here. So there was a racing team that wanted to use a more dense fuel. So I was working with them, but the the rules didn't allow for a more dense fuel. It had a certain parameter that they had to hit. So what we ended up doing is making a fuel that would actually vaporize quicker. And so by the time they started the race and get in through the first lap, the fuel would be more dense as it vaporized all these components that we added to it. And that was kind of a hack, if you want to know. <laughs> but you're right. Most of the fuel that we make here in the United States uh, has a pretty high vapor pressure. You know, mm -hmm. the winter fuel here in the United States is on the on the order of 14 psi, which is very high. Summertime, maybe seven pounds per square inch. Uh, most of the fuel systems that we use ourselves are sealed, so that vapor pressure doesn't matter. But in a racing car, they're normally not sealed, so vapor pressure matters. So when I look at a racing fuel, I want to see the psi, the RBP. What is the pressure that it's going to be putting on that container? and on my fuel system when it's sitting in the car and being used and subjected to high heat conditions from the engine running. So vapor pressure is a big deal. So you're exactly right. Some of these motorcycle fuels for off-road have tremendous vapor pressure and you can smell them vaporizing as soon as you open the keg or drum. Mm -hmm. uh, we got a question This came in from Rich Torme. He would like to, use, and I know what the answer is, but I want you to give it to him. Uh, and that is, do you make racing fuels and applications which include off-road drag racing and short track? And I, I, I know what the answer is. Yes. Uh, so, Rich, um, you know, drag racing is different in Europe. It's not like it is here. In, in the U.S., we have very, very high compression engines that are, that are using a very high additized fuel. So... I can't say that I can take a super stock engine and pour this fuel in and make it work better. But what I can do is make other engines work as well or better with the fuel. But uh, I don't think ELF is, is gonna be making leaded fuels and the additives we have to put in there are probably not gonna be seen on the drag racing series. And uh, Brian Cram, uh, uh, he, he wants to expand on uh, Rich, Rich's question, and that is, you know, you mentioned two octanes uh, and of 98 in one application, 110 in the other. But do you have more than just the two octanes? Yes. Hey, Brian, good to hear from you. 
Uh, yes, thanks. We've got a variety of octanes. The only ones I presented today are the ones that were specifically created for the motorcycles. So we have a whole series of other octanes and applications depending on what kind of racing we're going to be doing. So octanes vary from a, a low 90s up into the mid 100s for these fuels. And Tim Johnson, you know, would like to know how long are these race fuels good for? Hey, Tim, uh, in, the, in the drum, they're good for at least two years. We know that by the way that, that they're made. Uh, okay. Once that drum is open, like you said, Jeff, it depends on how you care for it. If you keep it sealed and you use it quickly, it's pretty good. These fuels, we call it is oxidation. So, you know, you use stable to reduce oxidation. It's basically an antioxidant that has to be added every 28 to 30 days. Even in the big tanks of the petroleum business, we use those antioxidants to stop oxidation. Oxidation is a process where paraffin turns into an olefin. And you'll recognize the olefin because number one, it has a very bad odor. And number two, it turns very dark and you might see there's a sticky substance. That's a paraffin that's been converted to an olefin. While olefins are sometimes good in fuels, we don't want to have them in these kinds of fuels. So the idea is you don't want to keep this on the shelf for too long. You want to use it as quickly as possible. That's why we're, we love this new container that's a 13-gallon keg. A little bit more of a follow-up on that. I know that uh, in working with Hendrick and with, with, uh, with Roush, uh, they were pretty meticulous about fuel storage and in particularly trying to make sure that a constant temperature, as well as trying to keep as much humidity out of that storage facility. So when you are opening and closing the fuel and, and you know using it, that it's not doesn't have an opportunity to get moisture into it. Is is that that you have a recommended storage temperature or uh, it, having humidifiers inside your storage area? Okay, so the big component that they were trying to deal with was ethanol in the gasoline. So let me just say something about ethanol. Ethanol is hygroscopic. It's one of the most hygroscopic products that we deal with. You don't know what hygroscopic is until you see it in front of you happening. We can put a, a beaker of gasoline with ethanol in it, and within 15 minutes, you can see that beaker forming condensation, not on the outside of the beaker, but on the inside of the beaker, creating streams and waters flowing into the beaker. And within 15 minutes, the fuel turns white, Right, white, like my shirt. And then within a couple more minutes, as that condensation continues, it actually separates. If you don't have ethanol or an ether that's hygroscopic, you don't need to be that concerned about humidity or moisture or gasoline. But if you have an alcohol in that fuel, you better treat it as best you can to keep moisture and uh, water away from it. All right, we also have Jeff Carter. He'd like to know what options do you have for dirt oval track racing with nine to one compression motors? We, we have some very good um, other fuels for the two cycle. In fact, the ABSP would probably be pretty good for you that we recommended. But if you'll set up an appointment with Rocco, he'll show you the two other fuels that would work well for you. And Kapal would like to know Paul L., uh, have you looked at glycerin derivatives as an oxygenating uh, additive? And, okay, so tail, so tail, 
anglycerin. For example, Kapil, how are you today? Yeah, I I know Kapil. So um, okay. the answer is I've not looked at glycerin, but I will tell you one of the really interesting components that I'm looking at now, which is being brought to me by a company, is ammonia. There's a green ammonia that's looking to be produced, and it has some very good octane contributions to it. And I'm looking at that. I'm also looking at other components that are heavier down the carbon chain, uh, but and don't contribute a lot of, of uh, octane, but do come as a renewable product. So our goal is to, by the end of this year, have a completely renewable racing product that's not 100% alcohol. And Joseph just shot me a question, said, do you have a 10W, race, 10W40 racing uh, oil for motorcycles? And again, um, I think I know the answer. You, you know the answer. <laughs> Absolutely, we do. We have a couple of different versions of it. Again, look up Rocco, hit him on this, ask Hypertool directly on ePurtrade. He can hook you up with some technical data sheets and SDSs for your business. You know, that's the cool thing about in, in talking with you, Jess, even though we've done this multiple times. It's like your company, the company you represent, Elf, and, 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 and it's just, Come on this platform and you can find out that they, you know, they got you covered from, from A to Z. I mean, whatever kind of company you have, you know, this is not strictly about MotoGP. This is not strictly about NASCAR. This is not strictly, this here covers everything. I mean, there, you know, you've already talked about uh, the big trucks that you guys have oil for. I mean, hydraulic. You guys make everything. You just, again, you just need to take the time to go and examine uh, what your needs are and give your company an opportunity to, to take care of it. Thanks for those compliments, Jeff. Yeah, our, our number one and number two fuels, believe it or not, are methanol and nitromethane. So we hardly talk about those because there doesn't seem to be any problem at bringing customers to us for those two products. And Brian comes back and says, uh, also, you have lubes for two-stroke motorcycles uh, or mixing gas, et cetera. What is ELF's recommend, recommended product for 2T mixing? Yeah, 2T yeah, mixes, yeah, that, that's that's very popular product. So we've got about four that we, we have offered. Uh, one is a very interesting one made from real castor oil. And the other okay. one is a synthetic product. So we've got the ELF HTX 909, which is a spec motor oil for Supercarts USA. And that's being offered by us on a distribution level. Then we have the synthetic version, which is a 976 plus. And then Total has some quartz products that are also for the uh, two cycle mixes, either in gasoline or separate tank. Well, and and, for the moment, and, 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 and one more thing I, I didn't put on this and I probably should have, you need to take a look at the ELF HTX 320 brake fluid for motorcycle use. It's is really amazing. And I think I'll be very interested in seeing how that one works. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, uh, he's saying right now, he said, you know, he said Castor is, is huge for our uh trials team so sorry for all the questions man that, that, i don't want anybody to apologize for questions that's what we're here for that's what we're and here that's what for. we want we want more of because we want to get you informed and give you a direction folks i mean when you tune in here on a part rate on a wednesday 
whether it's myself or Brad Gilly, we want to hear from the from the from the, the users, the people who are need the questions answered. We try to ask the right questions, and then you guys try to come in prepared to. I guess you might say we're almost like we're fishing. So we're, we're trying different bait. We're trying to get you to bite. And that's what we want. When you asking questions, you're biting. And that's what, what you're in looking for. And that's what I'm here for is to try to navigate through your presentation, but also to get you involved uh, so you can be better informed. This is what these tech webinars are all about, informing the clients, the customers, the sellers, the buyers. Uh, this is what we're here for. Thank you, Jeff. Jess, it's always good to have you on. And uh, again, I look forward to our next, next uh, session because I'm pretty darn sure that uh, as soon as we hang up and, and you're going to be right back in there on your uh, computer and working on the next project that we're going to get a chance to present to the folks. Yeah, I'll be talking to Francisca about a, a race week appointment with you, my friend. Okay, I look forward to that. I really do. That's something that we're starting to put together and assemble. And you know what's happened uh, before you know what's going to happen before you know it is that we're going to wind up having industry week, and oh, uh, then we really get to take the gloves off and have at it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Very good. But th th thank you so much, Jess. Uh, sorry for the little uh, sound issue. I don't know what happened earlier on, but uh, we'll be able the, the the webinar has been recorded and we'll be able to edit that part. So okay. thank you very much for being with us today. We will post the recording later on the ePortrait platform. We'll distribute it through our newsletter and different channels. We will be back live next week. And next week's going to be on digital uh, uh, applications. So it's going to be a, a slightly different uh, uh, webinar on, on businesses and uh, the tra digital transformation and how to adjust to it. And, uh, and then we'll take a break the week of uh, um, uh, Labor Day, and we will back, be back on the 14th with Materion. We'll talk about uh, uh, you know, materials and uh, advanced material for motorsport applications. So thank you very much for being with us today. The Elthus product have been pushed back on the homepage of ePortrait, so please take advantage of it. Log on the platform. The platform is open for you every day, and we will be back next Wednesday at 9 o'clock. Thank you very much. Have a great week, and let's go racing. Bye-bye. Right. Thank you. Registering on ePartrade is easy. To start, click on the Join for Free button on the homepage. First, search your company to see if it's already in our database. If you see your company on the list, click on it to select it. Then, choose Claim Company if you are one of the decision makers, an owner, marketing person, or main company contact. Or choose Join Company if you are an employee, and press Continue. If you couldn't find your company in our database, select Register a New Company. On the following page, fill out your name, email, phone number, job title, and choose a secure password. If you chose Register a New Company, you'll need to choose your business type. Select Supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose Racing Business if you're looking to source new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose Race Team if you own or are a member of a professional race team. Then, enter your company name. Please provide a website, Facebook page, or LinkedIn if you have one. 
and choose to either claim or join the company. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Finally, click Register Now and your registration will be submitted for approval. An email will be sent to your inbox. Please confirm your email address and you will be approved shortly. Welcome to ePartrade.